Broadcasting live from our new state-of-the-art studio in downtown Chicago, it's Radio DePaul Sports, the student voice of your DePaul Blue Demons. Hello, everybody, and welcome to World Sports Roundabout. Uh, we have a really great show for you guys today, but it would be negligent of me and downright irresponsible for me to not start the show without talking about the events that occurred just a little bit after last week's show um, in the Ukraine. On Tuesday night, uh, we got reports that uh, Russia had knocked down Ukraine's air defenses and then waking up that Wednesday morning, reports coming in that Russia was in fact invading Ukraine hit our information waves and stuff like that. So on the sports front, obviously a lot of events such as the uh, championships leagues have been moved out of Russia. Teams in the KHL have considered leaving the league as a whole. FIFA has officially, as of now, banned Russia from competing in the World Cup. But this is more than a sports issue right now. This is a humanitarian issue as a whole. For me, this is a personal a personal feeling towards this. When I was an undergrad, as I am a graduate student here at DePaul, I met two Ukrainian students that came over to America in order to learn about our country, learn about ways to improve their country by watching us. I've reached out to two of those students. One of them I found out through Facebook that they're doing all right. They don't live quite near the capital of Kyiv, um, so they're generally all right. And so far, the evasion hasn't gone that far, which is good. The other student, I found out, is okay as well. But because he lives particularly close to the capital, they had to evacuate. And he's a little bit scared. And he's not really sure when the next time we'll be able to communicate, just to let, let me know that everything's okay. So... It is definitely a bit worrying on that front for me. The only thing I can say is that I hope that diplomacy works out, that we find a way to get past whatever differences, whatever was the cause of this evasion, that we can find a very peaceful solution to the problem. So far, apparently there have been discussions of talks um, between Russia and all other economic powers, but that doesn't take away from the fact that lives, innocent lives, have been taken away. As of this episode of World Sport Roundabout, over 300 people have lost their lives. And I'd like to take a moment of silence to recognize those people. Thank you. We'll take a very quick commercial break, and then when we return, we'll start this the right way. All right, stay tuned. Dad, this is fun. I didn't think I liked kayaking. Well, I'm glad you enjoyed it, but I think it's time to head back in. Okay. Can we come back? Sure. 
Hey, be careful getting out of the boat. It's a kayak, Dad. <laughs> I'm gonna return the kayak. Can we walk home? How about a taxi? It's a short fare from your neighborhood to your naturehood. Visit discovertheforest.org to find a neighborhood park or green space near you. Brought to you by the Ad Council and the U.S. Forest Service. Welcome, welcome everybody to World Sports Roundabout, the only show out there that looks at sports around the world and tells you in a roundabout way what the sports are all about. Welcome to the final Monday in February, February 28th, 2022 for episode six. I'm pretty certain it's six. I'm all, I'm, it's either six or five. No, it's not five because five was last week. So six and then seven, eight. Yeah. All right. So we are right. Yes. Six is episode six of World Sports Roundabout. So what's good? How's everybody doing? Uh, I am doing relatively well now. Uh, finally, I feel like I've gotten in the swing of the quarter. So uh, now I can focus on like thriving, I guess, in this quarter, despite the fact that we pretty much have this week. And then next week, and really it's finals after that week. So, you know that's that's fun. But um, we made it, we we pretty much made it. We pretty much made it. I hope you guys listened to the uh, women's game last or this past Saturday or past Friday rather. Sunday was the uh, men's game, which we have won, and then Friday was the women's game, which we didn't win. Uh, I believe we actually did place fourth in that tournament, uh, but I was analyst for that uh, particular game. Had fun. Uh, definitely was not what I was expecting. I was expecting it to be much easier than I thought, and uh, it was a little hard. It was a little bit hard. Uh, but you'll hopefully be hearing a lot more of me, uh, given softball season, starting March 18th, I believe is the date. I'm just going to quickly check this calendar just to make sure. Yes, March 18th. Uh, you'll hear a lot more of me. You'll hear a lot more of uh, some of our newest talent that is coming in. Um, so hopefully you guys will tune in for that. Today's episode, uh, we're still going around the Caribbean and stuff like that. We've got a lot of countries to go through, or rather a lot of islands. I'll kind of explain briefly why this episode is going to be kind of weird. So as I was doing my general research for a lot of these countries, um, you have big countries who have a lot of hand, or rather, let me reword that, you have a lot of countries that, you know, have a lot of sports. You know, big countries like Cuba or Dominican Republic or Puerto Rico. You know, they're big countries with a lot of sports and have the financial sources to back up. And so I want to make sure that I get those. I don't want to like skim over details with those kind of countries. You know, we might be we still might be able to get two countries in for an episode. But again, I wanted to make sure I got those countries correct. So I decided to tackle the smaller countries first. I have five. I think we can get through all five. Then next episode we'll probably do 
one or two of the big countries and then try to fit the smaller islands in there as well. And then the last episode, we'll try to finish up, hopefully finish up the Caribbean. If not, you know, next quarter, which I think will be kind of around the same time, the show will be around the same time, we'll finish out, like, we'll either finish out the Caribbean or we'll start with South America, but we will see. But let us begin by beginning, and the only way to officially begin is to start. So we're going to start off with Haiti. Obviously, you know, if you're someone, uh, I guess people will still know. There was that earthquake that happened, like, 2008, I believe. I remember it being in 2008. I don't think it happened when I was in high school. Because it was a big thing. And we did, like, projects, like, trying to donate money and stuff like that to the uh, relief aids. But Haiti is, in fact, still a country. I say it like, like the earthquake just completely ruined the country. Uh, it, it's still around, you know. I'm just going to, like, make sure. Earthquake. It was 2010. Okay, so I was way off. But I'm glad that I checked before I just, like, continue rambling on. But in terms of sports in Haiti, um, football is the most popular, is most played among Haitians. Um, given how much it plays in, like, events like the Caribbean Cup and stuff like that, um, it is deemed generally around that time. It is, like, upsurge and becomes, like, the most popular sport in the nation. I don't know what the second sport would be based on my research, but that's what I've got. Haiti was the first Caribbean country to make a FIFA World Cup since Cuba in 1938. Now, I had, did see some sources that, like, claim that they were the first one to ever make it. Although, Cuba is technically considered a Caribbean country, and Cuba did make it in 1938. So, they are the first since Cuba, since 1938. They are the Caribbean Cup Nations winner in 2007. If you're aware, I believe it's called, I want to say the movie's called, like, a game to remember or something like that i believe that's the movie it's a really bad movie i wouldn't recommend watching it but um to explain the movie is loosely based off the events of the 1950 world cup and where the united states a hastily comprised team of semi-professionals and like just recently transitioned um or recently what do you call when nationalized, uh, naturalized, new citizens, rather, <laughs> uh, they essentially formed the U.S. team. They lost every game, but except for one, they beat a very skilled England team 1-0, to zero, uh, which was their only win of the series. Joe Gaitigen's who was born in Haiti, scored the only goal. Um, and it's considered one of the biggest upsets in FIFA World Cup history. Let's see. I'll throw out some trivia facts in just a moment, but let's just go over some of the other things. I guess games technically count as sports. Uh, like, a lot of the information I could find in terms of sport uh, was more in terms of, like, card games and stuff like that. Haiti, I guess, kind of makes a little bit more sense because I don't, I feel like Haiti is probably the poorest 
country that I have talked about thus far in this show. So this kind of makes a little bit more sense. Like they play cards and they play dominoes. Um, those are other popular sports among the men. I couldn't find too much. There are some things about women. Um, like they'll play basketball in schools and stuff like that. Um, the children will play hide and seek and marbles and whatever round dances are. I assume they're dances that you do in a circle. Because, I mean, square dances, like, this dance is essentially, like, the steps are in a square. Like, that makes sense. So, I'm guessing round is just kind of, like, their dances in a circle and stuff like that. But, you know, in the schools and local colleges and the organized sports section, girls will generally play basketball. Boys will generally play soccer. Um, Haitians, unlike a lot of... A lot of the uh, teams in the region, you know, Cuba, Puerto Rico, um, the Dominican Republic, Haitians don't have any sort of soft spot for baseball. I can't find any link that would indicate otherwise. So, that's something. I guess I'm not shocked just because of, like, the size of Haiti in general and, again, the financial reasons and stuff like that. I am a bit surprised that they have no interest. I don't, I guess there probably is some baseball played there, but I guess it's not like just given the influence, because you have the Cubans, you have the Cubans to your left, you have the Dominican Republic to your right, you have Puerto Rico, several, I guess, technically thousand miles to the, to the east of you. You have Florida to the north of you. You have countries like Panama, to the south. So I am, I guess, a bit surprised that there's no baseball influence whatsoever in the country of Haiti. Haiti country trivia facts. Uh, the first Haitian Olympic appearance was in the 1924 Games in Paris. There are some conflicting reports that state that the 1900 Olympic Games was the first appearance for the Haitians as Leon... Deschelin? I believe that's a French name. So I hope I'm doing it right. I'm don't, blah, 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 blah. I hope I'm doing it right. Right there. But uh, he was a competitor in fencing. Um, they believe that he might be of Haitian nationality. But there's nothing really to, uh, to confirm or deny this possibility. So in the books, their first appearance is in 1924. During the 1936 games in Berlin, apparently athletes from the Haitians and Liechtenstein, and again, I hope I'm pronouncing that right, were shocked to find out that their flags were actually identical. And so after the games, a yellow crown was added to the corner of the flag of Liechtenstein. I need to see this, actually. I, I, I read this fact, and I was like, I didn't really think of too much of it, but uh, Lick. I just saw it. Uh, there it is. Liechtenstein flag. And then let's look at the Haiti flag. I'll kind of describe the uh, flag to you guys too. Okay, yeah. So it's like a... I'm not the greatest with colors. But it's like... I can see why there's a little bit of confusion there. Because like one flag has like this purple... 
burgundy color and one collect has this purple and red color. So I guess for someone like me who had to kind of guess that one color was burgundy and one was not, uh, having that distinction is probably good. Uh, Haiti looks like they also added something to their flag as well. It looks like kind of like you got a, like a crest on their flag and then Liechtenstein added the crown. So that's cool. That's great on them. Um, and finally, Silvio Cator, who won a silver medal in the 1928 Olympics in Amsterdam, set the world record at the time of 7.93 meters in an event in 1928 as well, several months after those Olympics. His long jump record, no, 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 his long jump, jeez, I cannot say words too quickly, his long jump record is still the Haitian national record, and it's the only standing national record in athletics. Now, when I say that, I, I was a bit confused on this, and I'm still a bit confused now. Do they mean that it's the longest standing national record in terms of the history of athletics amongst the world, or is it referring to the longest standing national record in terms of Haiti? Because, I mean, both of them are technically correct, like, it is the longest record in terms of athletics in Haiti. But I wouldn't be shocked if they meant in the entire world landscape and where we have these records, to still have a record from 1928, it's the longest among countries that recognize athletic records. Yeah. You, you, do you, get, you guys kind of get what I mean? It's just a wee bit confusing exactly what they mean by that statement. Supposedly, also, he played for the uh, national team, the soccer national team. Oh, and he has a stadium named after him because of that. Although, I could not find anything about his soccer uh, or association football records. But that marks the end of Haiti. Haiti was very quick to, like, research, so I'm very grateful for that. But let's move on to the Bahamas. Bahamas, a very great vacation spot. Uh, somewhere where I hope, fingers crossed, that I'll get to go to in the summer of this year. Go back to Bahamas, go to uh, San Juan and Puerto Rico. What else? There's one more country. Well, there's an island, so I guess that's not really a country, but... I do a lot of, I guess I do a lot of vacations. I'm very blessed to uh, have that ability to do so. But the Bahamas, uh, I was kind of shocked to see that they actually do have a little bit of a sports culture. Um, they have a, they have a football league, uh, the BFA or Bahama Football Association Senior League, is the highest level of professional football in the Bahamas. Now, this is kind of where things kind of get a little uh, iffy. There are either seven, eight, or ten teams in the league. They play anywhere from 10 to 15 games. And championship is just simply based on the aggregate total at the end. They either stopped playing games as of 2018, 
or they stopped playing games as of 2020 because of the pandemic. Or they're starting up a new season, or they're rather they're in the middle of a new season right now. I say all this because I had to look at like eight other eight different sites that conflicted on the information. And only one source was telling me that, like, oh, they're actually starting up a 2021-2022 season right now. But then I could find no results on exactly what was going on. I could find results that stated that they did play in 2020. And I couldn't find results that they could that they did play in 2018. But that's about it. It's really hard to uh, find any sort of, like, concrete information about those leagues what i was able to find was a little bit of history they are a merch league the uh, bfa senior league they were actually it was actually a competition played between the winners of the new providence football league the grand bahama football league and the abaco football league but then all of those leagues merged together to make the bfa senior league Despite being a league competition in CONCACAF, none of the Bahamian teams have ever played in a Caribbean Football Union Club Championship or a CONCACAF Champions Club team. And I guess I'm not really surprised about that, just given the lack of information I could find about the league. And it doesn't, it seems more like a semi-pro league than anything else. At least that's my guess. The second most popular sport in the Bahamas, though, is athletics, which is track and field. They have a lot of success in the IAF World Championships, the Pan American Games, the Commonwealth Games, and they have the Olympic Games. Frank Rutherford took the bronze in 1992, which is their first ever medal. It was in the triple jump. Uh, he got the bronze, so good on him. Good job, Frank. Now, in the 2002 Summer Olympic Games, which happened to be in Sydney, Australia, results were analyzed on a per capita basis for the first time. Uh, for those of you who are kind of unaware of the per capita thing, what I assume that means is they looked at how your results would, how your results were given your area, given your, like, financial status, and given all that stuff. And they said, all right, based on all this information, who would technically be the winner? So, at the end of the Olympics, the Bahamas had won two gold medals and one bronze. They won two in the women's 4 by one and they won a medal in the women's 200 meter. And then one medals in the men four by four. Uh, just an interesting fact: those same women that won gold in two thousand won silver. No, they won bronze. I'm sorry, bronze in nineteen ninety six in Atlanta. So thus, by per capita winnings, the best team in the two thousand Olympic Games won the Bahamas. That's right. And let me just go ahead and state this right now is that if we looked at the history 
of the Olympic Games, and we based it on a per capita according to Olympic Games history. The Bahamas would be the greatest nation in the world because they have won the most medals given their per capita rating. Thus, you need to bow down to your overlords of the Olympic Games, the Bahamas! I just looked at my... <laughs> I just looked at my peak levels and they are off the roof, guys. I wasn't exactly like prepared for that, but woo, woo, good on them. Good on the Bahamas. Good on the Bahamas. I feel good. I feel a little bit more energized, and that's great. I say that now that I'm like scrolling through these like notes. I'm gonna have to like do a completely new note set because I'm at like 15 pages, and like if you accidentally hit a button then you just lose your place. Most popular viewed sports are football and basketball. Those are apparently very popular sports to watch. Their favorite team, according, according to this one site, which I don't know if I can verify it. I mean, the team makes sense, but apparently the most viewed team is... Come on, guys, like... I need you guys to participate in this show. Like, come on. Starts with the mm, ends with ends. Miami Dolphins. Apparently it's the Miami Dolphins. I it, it makes sense. Like Bahamas are really close to Florida and Miami in particular. That makes sense. I just don't know if there's any real information that really verifies this. It's apparently on the uh it's apparently on like one of those um, TripAdvisor kind of sites that this is this is where the information comes from. I don't know where they got their information from, but it's one of those it's one of those stats that I'm not I wouldn't be shocked if it's true. Although it sounds a bit out there that it might not be true. Does that makes sense. I don't know. Other popular physical activities include jogging, walking, swimming, fishing. Cricket, baseball, tennis, volleyball, squash, bowling, racquetball, rugby, and soccer. This also includes activities such as sitting under a tree or enthusiastically, or enthusiastically engaging in a game of checkers and dominoes. Seriously, like, I, I, I copied, I don't know why I copied this particular note off the website itself. I just don't know why they include this. Like, checkers and dominoes, sure, it's a game. You, I guess you could consider it a sport. What kind of sport is just sitting under a tree? What, what, what kind of sport is that? I'd love to be participating in that kind of sport. I'd love to just be sitting under a tree with the nice warm air and the cool wind. And Oh, that sounds so good. Probably not good if you actually live in the country, but if as a visitor... That sounds really good. 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 So other sports facts in the Bahamas. Bahamian tennis player Mark Knowles uh, won the doubles championships in the 2002 uh, Australian Open with the Canadian. Uh, Danny, Daniel Nestor. I'm just going to call him Danny, but maybe he goes by Danny, but uh, his official name is Daniel Nestor. Now, I did talk about how, like, football, they have a football league and stuff like that. They have popular sportings that they, like, 
like to watch and stuff like that. Uh, they have their strength, which is apparently like athletics. But the traditional sport in the Bahamas is sloop sailing. I don't know what sloop sailing is. I don't, re I don't really want to know what sloop sailing is. Uh, but obviously, it's a form of sailing that involves a specific type of sail or a specific type of boat. I, I know that they're differing, 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 differing. differing. <laughs> oh, I hate this little loot that I'm stuck on today. But um, it's differing sails and boats that determine what kind of uh, sailing race it is. Uh, the Bahamas won, they apparently won their first gold medal of overall in 1964 was Dewar Knowles and Cecil Cook taking the top spot in mixed two-person two neo boat in Tokyo. Once again, I don't know what two-person kneel boat is. I guess the kneel boat is a type of boat that you do, and you kneel on it. They have sailing regattas. Um, I'm guessing that's an event as well. Other, uh, other sports. Gosh, there might be, I might actually have way more information on this than I thought. I must have, like, drunkenly, uh, not drunkenly, but, like, sleepily copied, like, a bunch of the same information as well. Because, like, here I have that other sports include swimming, snorkeling, boating, fishing, sailing, scuba diving, private piloting, golf, tennis, water skiing, windsurfing, pale sailing, jet skiing, and casino gambling, which I guess is a sport. Uh, but, like, only casinos, mind you, like. Gambling in the streets is completely illegal. Uh, bird watching, shell collecting, and horseback riding. Shell collecting is a new one for sure. I don't know if you I could consider that a sport. I guess you could compete with somebody and be like, "Hey, you want to collect the most shells?" Yeah, I want to collect the most shells. All right, let's go out there. Whoever has the best shell wins. Hey man, check this out. I already caught two shells. Look at this one. Oh man, that looks so cool. But guess what? Look at this bad boy right here. Oh, what? No, you won. I need to. I think I need a commercial break, so I'll be right back. Biking in Chicago is more than just a mode of transportation. It's a lifestyle. It's convenient, affordable, and with 13,000 bike racks, parking is never a problem. But with every reward comes a sidecar of risk. In Chicago, over 1,700 cyclists a year are killed or injured in bike accidents involving motor vehicles. Bike safety is simple. First, become familiar with Chicago bike laws. Know your hand signals and when to use them. Love your brain. Get a bike helmet that fits your noggin and deck it out with a headlamp and some reflective gear for riding at night. Bike at least three to four feet away from parked cars to avoid being struck by a car door being opened. Motorists can do their part, too, by checking their side view mirrors for bike traffic before exiting their vehicle. Most importantly, remember that we're sharing the road. Looking out for both ourselves and each other is the only way to keep Chicago's roads safe, no matter what your wheels look like. For more information on bike safety in Chicago, visit www.chicagobikes.org. This public service announcement was brought to you by Radio DePaul, Chicago's college connection. I'm a champion, real life mechanism. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
Alright, Shaquille O'Neal for rap. This is not your normal PSA. Don't be stupid. Don't drink and drive. If you're gonna go out and have a good time, it's fine. But designate a driver to drive home. Let's stop the madness. Don't drink and drive. A public service announcement brought to you by the U.S. Department of Transportation, RAD, the National Association of Broadcasters, and the Ad Council. Welcome back to World Sports Roundabout. I think I am very calm now. That was a weird little segment that we had. Let's just keep going. I have some more information on the Bahamas. Basketball is becoming more popular. Gosh, I am I am contradicting myself with these notes. I gotta find a better way to like get these notes much more uh distinctly. I need to stop writing everything that I see and then I need to like concise them into like one clear note per se. But basketball is apparently becoming very popular in the country. They it says they produce, that's not true. They have a lot of bah- bohemian born players. Dexter Cambridge, Ian Lockhart, and probably the person that you would probably know, uh, Rich Fox, who was a three-time NBA champion, was the Lakers. If you uh, know anything about Rich Fox's uh, personal business recently, you would know that he... I don't know if he's still the owner, or if he is... Or if he more or less like had to phase himself out of the of the uh, league himself, he once bought a professional League of Legends team. For those of you who are unaware of League of Legends, play it, play it for about play it for about a day, and uh, tell me what you think. Tell me what you think. Add a uh, out radio to sport. Add a uh, radio to Paul Sports. Uh, I mentioned a uh, World Sports Roundabout before. You just post your whatever thoughts on it. Just tell us what you think. Think of the game. Uh, me, personally, I can see why someone could get addicted to the game, but I definitely couldn't get addicted to the game myself. But anyways, the team is called Echo Fox, in case you're wondering. I believe they're still around. Uh, currently, like he's involved in a lot of uh, lawsuits with his business partners. Uh, he's accusing some of them of like, racial... Uh, Racial comments, racial activities are just not, like, good business practice. And coincidentally, that's what he's being sued over. Just really poor practices of his own. So, take that statement as you will. And with that, that actually concludes the Bahaman side of things. I was actually hoping to take a break here, but I just needed a break to kind of, like, calm down. Next up is the Cayman Islands, which, fun fact, is more known for... That's not actually what I wanted to say. It's not known just for financially putting money that you don't want anyone to find out about. It actually also has a good variety of sports. That's what I wanted to say, but I messed it up. Ah! Alright, let's just keep going. They play a wide variety of sports. Rugby, netball, 
volleyball, cricket, squash, basketball, softball, and tennis, football is by far the most popular and is their national sport. They have a lot of influence from the uh, English recall. I say recall, but technically I doubt you guys really care in your geography class. But the Cayman Islands used to be British-owned. They have a lot of proximity to the U.S. So a lot of English-based sports, a lot of American influence have been placed on the Cayman Islands. For sure. Their national team for football... As in association football, not great art, association. Football, rugby, cricket, and several other sports that I will not list today uh, are part of actually some like really big organizations such as FIFA, the Pan American Sports Organization, and the International Olympic Committees. They're also uh, members, like deeper members in uh, events such as the International Cricket Council. Excuse me. Their national team has represented the territory in various list A, first class, and 2020 level class games. I do not know the difference between each variety of cricket, and I'm sure we will eventually get to that when we get to the European countries. But for now, let's just leave it at that. The Cayman Islands have sent athletes to the Summer Olympic Games since 1996, although they did skip the 1980 Moscow Games as part of the U.S.-led boycott of those games. But they have done every other Olympic Games. In 2010, they did send an athlete to the Winter Olympic Games in Vancouver, but have not won a medal in any games, whether neither summer nor winter. Huh. I thought that, uh... I thought that, uh... Da, 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 da. Okay, so that was, no, that was a different country. But that was it for the Cayman Islands. The Cayman Islands are very small, and there's not a whole bunch of information out there. I looked at several sites. That's about all the information you're going to get from me, so... We're just going to keep on moving. Keep on trucking, guys. The U.S. Virgin Islands have, have a very weird history with things. Obviously, the athletes, when you think of the Virgin Islands, and I'm also including the U.K. British, U.K. Virgin Islands, apparently there are two different Virgin Islands, and we just commonly refer to them as, like, when we think of the Virgin Islands, there are the U.S. Virgin Islands, and then there are the U.K. Virgin Islands. I'm including everything. To, I'm just including them all in one big Virgin Island. Uh, but the the person that you're probably thinking of when I say Virgin Islands is Tim Duncan. Uh, I, I really don't have to read out his career. But just in case, again, we have some international folks uh, listening to our show, or people who just aren't, like, really keen on sports. Uh, Tim Duncan was this uh, power forward center for the Santillo Spurs of the National Basketball League. He was one of the best uh, going into like the early 2000s. Early 2000s, I think it was really his peak. Actually, the whole decade, that whole 2000s decade probably was his peak. Uh, he's a five-time NBA champion, he's a two-time uh, MVP, 
15-time All-Star, a 10-time NBA First Team, 8-time NBA Defensive First Team player. He was Rookie of the Year, and he was part of the NBA All-Rookie Team. So, yeah, uh, Mr. Fundamentals uh, was from the Virgin Islands. That's probably the person that you're thinking of. If you're a baseball fan and you're just kind of weird, uh, I say kind of weird, but what I mean is like you just like looking up random, random baseball players that just played baseball. You might know Calix Crab. Who is Calix Crab? You might ask. I kind of remember Calix Crab. And I'll explain why. I might have mentioned this before, but my favorite game of all time, video game, is MLB Power Pros. Well, MLB Power Pros had a 2008 version of the game. And I believe, I think, if you're on the San Diego Padres, which he was part of that team, he is listed as a prospect that you can bring up if you were to do a San Diego franchise, or if you wanted to trade for him, you could also trade for him, if that's something that you wanted to do. He was not good. He he had some success in the minor leagues, but as a major league baseball player, I'm going to read you his stats. He played 21 games for the San Diego Padres in 2008. He hit 174, which to... uh. To illustrate how bad that is, in baseball, historically, the Mendoza line is essentially like, if you're someone who bats, who's supposed to play every day, or bats regularly, who bats regularly, um, the Mendoza line was invented by this guy who never actually, whose career wasn't uh, ever in the Mendoza line. He had a lot of seasons, but then had like, one really good season that brought his totals, like career totals over that Mendoza line. But the Mendoza line is like uh, a 200 average. That's essentially like the word. If you hit below that line, you're essentially really bad at hitting. Uh, maybe for that season, but definitely you're having a really bad season. You're just not very good at hitting. Uh, Crab hit below the Mendoza line. He has had a uh, 174 batting average. He was six hits, one of those a double. He drove two people in. He stole a base. He had four walks, struck out six times, over 34 plate appearance and 39, no, 34 at-bats and 39 plate appearances. Uh, once again, uh, just for those of you who are unaware, at-bats are not the same thing as plate appearances. Things like walks uh, don't count towards Played appearances, um, any sort of errors sometimes don't count don't count as at bats. Getting hit by the pitch also doesn't count as an at bat. There's like a couple other events that don't count as at bats, but they do that count as at bats, but don't count towards the average. So they count as like plate appearances instead of at bats, despite the fact that like in the record books it will count as an at bat. I could talk about baseball. I, th I I might create, like, a tiny little show about, like, baseball and, like, teaching it for dummies and stuff like that. Because I definitely love to talk about baseball. 
And I'd love to refresh my own memory of things too, because it's definitely been a while since I've like looked at the rule book and stuff like that. So we'll do that. We'll definitely do that. Did I? No, I didn't skip it. Okay. Well, apparently the Virgin Islands have also have been part of the Olympics since 1968 in Tokyo. They also missed the Summer Games of Moscow in 1980. And they also sent athletes to the Winter Games in 2010. They have won. Uh, they have a gold. Well, they have a medal from the Olympics in the 1998 Summer Olympics that was held in South Korea by Peter Holmberg. And I'm going to look up. It's in, The medal was in sailing. I'm going to look now and see what that medal was. In silver medal in men's fins class sailing. So congratulations, Peter. That marks the end of the Cayman Islands. No, not the Cayman Islands. The Virgin Islands. So we got one country left. This one actually might be a little bit more fun for me. Because uh, there's a story that I'd like to tell at the very end. Um, this has to do with the... Oh, please, please, please. I practiced this last night. So I'm going to try my best. Antigua and Barbuda. Yes, Antigua and Bermuda, they are technically two separate uh, territories, but they are treated as one big country in terms of sports. They generally participate in the Commonwealth Games. Once again, the Commonwealth Games are just these big games that the former colonies of the British Empire compete in every, I think, every two years. Um, and they get this nice fancy medal, too, or a coin, or something like similar to that. Antica and Barbuda is heavily influenced by European sports. So their most popular sport is cricket. It's technically, I guess, in the same par as like some countries have with football. It's just a part of their culture. The players play for domestic uh, teams. Example would be the uh, Leesward Island cricket team. I can't find any other. I tried to find some more cricket teams, but I couldn't find them. Uh, they play for International, which is the uh, West Indies cricket team. Um, I, what is the West Indies? I feel like when I looked at the East Indies, I believe that's actually like Indonesia now. The West Indies are like, uh, it's a sub-region. It's a sub-region... That includes countries such as the Bahamas, the Turks and Kalos Islands, the Antilles. Again, I'm trying to see if there's more. Like there's some like, okay, Cuba, Jamaica, Puerto Rico, Dominican Republic, Haiti. Those are some of the Antilles. Or some of the greater Antilles. And then there are a bunch of like different, differing, small islands, differentiatingly smaller islands. I think it's the word I was trying to say. Uh, then what are the East Indies? 
the East Indies. East Indies are essentially um, countries near Indonesia, I think, then. Okay. Well, I'm learning something now. And hopefully you learned something here today, too. Antigua hosted the 2007 Cricket World Cup. Again, I don't know too much about the events, but I'm going to mention them because these are... Uh, Excuse me, excuse me, excuse me. These are apparently like facts that they pride themselves on. Uh, Viv Rickard. Take a moment. Take a breath. Viv Richards made history by scoring the fastest test century in 2007. And. Brian Laura scored the world test record twice in that same 2007 Cricket World Cup. I don't know what fastest test century is, nor what the world test record is either. So, that is something. That is something. The Antigua national team joined the World Cup qualifying in 1974 and 1986 onwards. Or they at least started qualifying, trying to... How do I work this? Okay. okay, Because I actually was confused, but I can... I think I can properly explain it now. So. The national team for Antigua and Barbuda have a national team. They started being eligible for World Cup qualifying in 1974. And then they've been eligible... For World Cup qualifying from 1986 onwards. They were able to get out of their preliminary group. And were first eligible for World Cup qualifying in 2014. That's the first they've ever gotten. They've actually made it to the qualifying round of the 2014 World Cup. They didn't win a game because they were in a group of the United States. Guatemala, and Jamaica. They didn't win any games, but they actually got out of their uh, preliminary group for the first time. And they made a run for the qualifying round. I think if they actually had won that preliminary round, that they would have been able to make it. I think it would have played for a playoff spot if they uh, actually made it out of that particular qualifying round. But that was in 2012 for 2014 World Cup, obviously. The other little story that I want to tell you is that the Antigua Barracuda, the Antigua, I, I, can, I read this word as Barracuda, but it's kind of weird seeing Antigua Barracuda FC. I have to space that out a little bit. It's weird. It's absolutely weird. But the Antigua Barracuda FC was formed in 2011 and they played in the USL Pro. For those of you who are unaware of the USL Pro, they're a third tier soccer league in the United States. What's the other league then? I know USL, but I also thought that was a second tier. Um, 
I guess I'll briefly do it because we we did start late, so I guess we'll run a little bit over on this show today. Uh, USL Pro. Yeah, that's the United Soccer League. Uh... The championship was what I, I think I'm more used to. And I'm guessing one is what I'm thinking of. Soccer League. I'm trying to find this pro thing. Okay, so that was, uh, so it was reworded as that. Okay, so that's what it used to be called. It used to be called USL Pro. And then, well, then what is the, I guess we'll look at it. And Tigua Barra Tigua FC. Okay. Okay. So, so they played in League One, essentially. That's the third tier of U.S. soccer. No. They played in a championship round and under pro. You know, whatever. Who cares about the, the minor league system of United States soccer? The most important thing about the Antigua Barracuda FC is that in 2013, they lost all their games. They are tied, tied the record for U.S. facility or basically the longest losing streak in the state. And they are one of three teams ever in associated football to have a winless season that is the story that i wanted to tell you guys i don't know why it took me so long i don't know why i spent so much time trying to find this information about some team that only played three seasons in a professional sports league that doesn't even exist anymore or was renamed or whatever but apparently they were in a championship league and they're not because apparently like the USFL is not a third rated league. I don't know. I don't know what you expect from me. I don't know things. I'm learning things alongside you. I'm telling you these things. You just need to believe me. Ugh. But that is Antigua and Barbuda. Whew. Man, I can't believe we actually got through all those countries today. I'm actually relatively happy. I was thinking about... I thought that maybe I could add one more, but I thought five would actually be pushing it. Um, but yeah. Um, how are you guys? How are you guys? We do have a little bit of time. I, I guess, yeah, just how are you guys? You know, what has been your favorite country to learn about thus far? I got to go through my notes because I'll tell you what my favorite country were was. I, I like learning about um Jamaica. I didn't realize how ingrained their, like, track culture was. I didn't realize they had, like, track competitions. Like, it was so ingrained in the schools and stuff like that. Like, that was very fun to look up. Looking up their uh, their football league, how much the uh, the Caribbean 
uh, football club was. I enjoyed looking at that. I enjoyed looking about all that cricket stuff. You know, that I think that was my favorite country to learn to like look up, and do that kind of stuff about. Um, you know, that also had um, Uriah Hall. You know, we looked up stuff about Patrick Ewing. They apparently are part of like rugby league and stuff like that. I think that was my favorite country to like look up. I think Panama also like the last episode. I think really was like one of my favorite countries to like favorite times doing research. I learned so much about Panama. Um, I learned so much about Jamaica. I learned so much about Costa Rica. It was fun. It's definitely fun. I. I wish I could have retold you guys the uh, football war a little better. I feel like I probably could have explained the whole situation a little bit better. But I, I hope you guys also enjoyed the football war. That was also kind of like my favorite to look up as well. I'm trying to think of anything else that I looked up that I was like really excited to do. I think that really was it. I didn't really like, I mean, I didn't like the approach I did with the United States, but the United States has just so many leagues. And I'm basically, like, spouting information that you guys probably already knew. So it's not like, uh, it wasn't like anything fun. Really. I think the next two episodes would definitely be really fun to look up. Uh, just look at the basic information. Like, countries like Cuba, despite being really isolated from us, have been re really influenced by that. Baseball culture in, cult in uh, Cuba... Um, definitely looks really fun. They actually have a basketball league as well. They apparently are really great at wrestling. The Dominican Republic, they have like cricket ties and stuff like that. They also have a baseball, basketball thing. Puerto Rico, same deal. Uh, and that also means uh, at some point within the next two episodes, I can talk about the Caribbean series, which I've wanted to do for like, Two episodes prior, two or three episodes prior, I wanted to really talk about the Caribbean series, and I get to finally talk about it. Um, well, technically, I, I still would have to wait because I still should probably wait for Venezuela, but I will, I will talk about it right before I leave because I feel like if I don't, then I'll just forget about it. I'll just be like, I told you guys about the Caribbean series once we get to Venezuela, but uh, I feel like we won't. I know we're, I know we're, we still have like, according to this, technically we started at like 106, so I technically have four minutes. We might shut the show down a little bit early. Um, but again, what's your favorite sports league that you've, like, listening to that you've loved so far? I mean, I'm a baseball guy, so I'm partial to the, uh, to the Mexican baseball league. I believe that's what it's called. It's not called a Mexican baseball league. Yeah, it is Mexican Baseball League. I'm partial to the Mexican Baseball League just because it's the most similar to the Major League Baseball that we have today. Major League Baseball, which may or may not happen. I'm really hoping that, like, uh, I'm really hoping that we lose games in the baseball major leagues. I'm hoping that it gets to a point in where either baseball players have to move down to Mexico or all these other leagues around uh, Central America, 
you know, the Caribbean and stuff like that in order to continue their baseball career. Either they start up a league and then Major League Baseball is like, all right, I guess we'll call it replacement players or people who have crossed the picket line, stuff like that. And I hope they hold, like, open tryouts because I really want to know if I could actually have made it to Major League Baseball roster. I mean, look, I'm 20, 24 now. I'll be 25 in a couple months. So, I mean, I'm not the prime age. Even if I made it and became an all-star my first year, I probably have five years of my peak left. And then that's pretty much it. But at least for me, I just want the knowledge. I just want some closure. Because I, I left the game thinking that I could play anymore. And I feel like that it was a bit hasty on my part to do such a thing. I feel like I probably should have let my injuries heal and then try to play again. But I gave up way too soon. So at least if I do that, I have at least a little bit of closure in my mind. That, hey, I, I, I finished the career that I wanted to set out to do. At least personally. Supposedly, if they do not come to an agreement today, then they will lose games. I, I think it's either today or tomorrow they will lose out on some games uh, this season. Which will suck. But once again, it's one step closer to the dream that I am trying to create. And that, my friends, is what it's all about. That's going to wrap up today's show. Thank you guys so much for listening in today. Uh, very appreciative for all you guys to do. Till next time, we'll talk about some more of the smaller countries or smaller islands around. We'll see how many countries I could fit in. I might be able to fit in two of the bigger countries in the region. Uh... I know Aruba is probably going to be one of the last countries I talk about. So we'll have next show, which will be in March 7th. And then we'll have the 14th. And then we'll talk about that. And then we'll kind of, and then we'll have a week off. At least this show. Uh, by then, by at least the 14th, I should know exactly when the, uh, when my show will next appear. It'll either be Monday late Monday the 28th or it'll be Wednesday the 30th. It's going to be one of those two days. But until then, thank you guys so much for watching. You know, stay safe, stay warm, and cold. It is going to be a weird week. It's going to be a weird week this week in terms of weather. But I'll see you guys next week. Bye-bye.